Gonzaga Nation SI, Dan Dickow here alongside fellow Zag Adam Morrison. We're going to break down a little bit of USF and BYU as Gonzaga heads into a, a really important stretch. And it's important because St. Mary's sitting at 10 and 0, Gonzaga 8 and 2. They can't lose any more ground to be able to hopefully extend their conference title winning streak uh, that sits at 10 right now. So, Mo, appreciate you joining. Let's Let's just jump right into it. USF, Gonzaga won a nail-biter down there off of a, a Rajir Bolton tip-in in the closing seconds. Um, what do you remember about that team, and then what do you expect to see in the second matchup? Well, I remember they did an excellent job on Drew Timmy. I think he was 3-16 of 16 that game. They got two bigs that they uh, you know, did an excellent job of sitting on his you know, left shoulder, right-hand jump book and made him counter, and then they dig down a lot uh, defensively. They jumped on us uh, – you know, as far as energy wise, um, you know, we did an excellent job in the second half of cl kind of climbing back, but it was legitimately a game that we probably shouldn't have won. Uh, you mentioned the tip in by um, Rashir Bolton on a missed box out that shouldn't have happened if you're a San Francisco fan. Um, so much like the Santa Clara game that we just had where we started off slow at, during that um, you know, road trip, the second half of that road trip, I think the energy will be much better for us. If we do that, we can take away, you know, their belief. They got a good point guard in Shabazz uh, that's kind of scored, but he can shoot them out of basketball games. Their off guard is decent as well. And then I mentioned they got, um, you know, solid post defenders, but offensively they're not, you know, extremely dynamic. So it'll be interesting to see how we respond, obviously coming off a loss with St. Mary's and then how the lack of energy we played in the first time. So if we can amp that up, I think uh, it should be not an easy win, but it should be a, a game that we could control. So you call the games on radio. Do you ever go back and watch them on TV? And, and the reason I ask this is because, you know, uh, as a broadcaster myself, sometimes I'll, I'll go back and watch uh, a game that, that I call to make sure I, I, I had a scenario correct and how I, I explained it. Uh, sometimes I, I go back and if I'm not calling the game to listen to see what um, another analyst thinks or just to watch the game in general. Uh, I know you're a big basketball fan. Um, you do a tremendous job when I've caught you on the radio with Tom Hudson. But do you go back and watch the TV version as well? Uh, no, because we're we're on a delay. And so if you remember the infamous uh, Justin Timberlake, Janet Jackson fiasco the radio uh tv is like 10 seconds behind so if you call the game and listen to your commentary it obviously doesn't match up so uh yeah i don't go back and re-watch them with my own commentary i'll go back and watch some clips um you know to prepare or especially for teams in the not in non-conference definitely i'll watch clips of teams of their best players um just to see you know what i'm looking for um, what style of player they are, all that stuff you got to do to be a broadcaster. But as far as our rewatching our games, we don't. Nope. Do you have a favorite broadcaster from growing up? Because uh, I, I know you you grew up uh, being a Celtics fan. You grew up in, in Wyoming before you came to, to Spokane. Uh, I grew up in the Portland area. So Bill Shonley, their radio play-by-play -play guy, to me was like the epitome of listening to a basketball game. Was there a, a, a radio or TV guy that you enjoyed watching or listening to when you were growing up? I don't I don't think so. Everybody kind of, you know, in our era, I guess, is like Bob Costas is thinking of the Jordan uh, game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Late in his career, those are, you know, and Marv Albert, obviously. But I think more so the NBC 
um, theme song was kind of like the deal. You know what I'm saying? The John Tess one that they yeah. created it. So those are more my, my memories more, more than the, the, you know, the broadcasters per se, but I wasn't, I, we didn't have a local team, you know, like you did Portland, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like you had a local team, I'm sure that would have been, you know, similar to you. So San Francisco has former Gonzaga Bulldog Kyle Bankhead uh, on the bench. He was a teammate of mine. We were roommates. Um, were you teammates with with Kyle yeah. when you were there? Yep. Give us a Kyle Bankhead story because I know he's one of the quietest, most surly uh, guys that you can find out there, but he's also one of the best that you can find as a teammate and a basketball guy. Yeah, he was uh, actually a good mentor. He, I started the first game. Um, that season and it was his senior year and I remember him being so upset but like being professional about it um and then he started the rest of the season because we got blown out by St. Joe's and that was the right call but I just remember how professional he handled that situation and thinking back like you know he could tell he was fighting off emotions but he wasn't negative he was picking everybody up myself I mean I'm an incoming freshman two freshmen start over a, a senior um, so I, I always admired him for that. And then uh, this is the era when we first started playing, you know, poker was on TV and he was like, uh, he, I think he had six championships or six rings. We used to call them like the world series bracelets uh, when Blake used to have all those poker tournaments in the dorms. So like he had all the Polaroids with the holding up the money. So that's Kyle was a good <laughs> poker player is what I'm trying to say. Um, but yeah, great dude, great teammate. Kind of surly. If you if you get him on the outside or at the wrong time, you might get the wrong impression of, of him. But definitely a good dude. Great basketball mind. I'm glad he's back on the West Coast. He did a good job at that. Uh, where was he at? UNC. He was at Abilene Christian as well as UNC Greensboro. So he's Greensboro. kind of been all over the map oh, lately. They should have beat us, remember, that year. But Snacks yep. makes three his freshman year in Boise. First year yep. I was doing radio. Um, that was a bad scout for us because – he he had an inside track on our program obviously it was years removed but he kind of knew how coach few ticked and how brian michelson ticked and tommy lloyd yeah. ticked so that was a bad matchup for us in that first round and luckily snacks drained a three but yeah great dude and, and i'm glad to see him back on the west coast let's go back to those poker nights because uh you know blake was a big time poker player i know you like to play cards at times when my senior year, it was myself, Kyle Bankhead, Richard Fox. We were we were roommates, and it was two twenty two in the new apartments. I think it was Corkery. And Corkery. Yeah, we had poker games literally four nights a week. We would go to Northern Quest. Coach Few actually banned us from going to Northern Quest for a stretch my senior year. Um, you know, did you guys get the ban from Coach Few of going out to the casino, or were you guys all in house poker games? No, see, it was in-house back then. They used to do the tournaments, and that's when, like I said, it was first starting on television, so everybody tried it and played, and that's yeah. when I, you know, we'd just go over there more for the social aspect, but the guys that knew what they were doing were just picking, you know, picking people off, and then I do remember going out the quest, and then I think it was, you know who really um, got everybody not to go? It was Judd Heathcote he used to go play cards there, and he's the one that told on all of us. <laughs> God bless him. God rest his hey, you know, God rest yeah. his soul. He's a great dude. But it was just like Judd was like, these guys shouldn't be in here. And that's the guy that really uh, you know, ratted us out. But it was the right move as 18, 19, 20 year olds. We shouldn't be in a casino, especially back then when it was, you know, a bit a little bit different yeah. as far as the viewpoint of that. Um, so yeah, we uh we stayed away from the casinos. 
So let's move to BYU really quickly. This might be the last matchup, Gonzaga against BYU. BYU came into the league with a lot of fanfare, people thinking they were going to take the league over. Um, that didn't happen. Gonzaga never lost a conference tournament uh, or conference title to BYU. BYU is moving to the Big 12. Um, if they don't match up in the in the tournament, uh, the WCC tournament, this will be the last matchup. What, do you have any specific memories of, of this BYU matchup? Uh, are you glad to see them move on? Do you wish this game would keep going in the near future, even though they won't be in the same league? Yeah, I, I don't think it, it serves us any value. And, and them, I don't think, to keep uh, home and home, I guess. Um, maybe play a neutral in like Salt Lake or even Denver or something like that down the road because, it, 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 you know, they end up usually being a quad one win, but that we got to wait till the – we see how they do in the Big 12. Um, you know, I think it's good for the league that they joined us, but also, you know, I, I always had the feeling that they, they felt like they didn't belong either in this conference. And so um, it's kind of one of those deals. And, you know, it's like, don't let the door hit you on the way out. You know what I mean? And yeah, um, it'll be interesting. A lot of respect for Mark Pope. It's nothing to do with the program. I think it's just the, the fanfare that came about when they first joined that they were going to dominate the league. And um, the fact that they didn't was probably a little bit embarrassing for them as a whole, because it is a giant brand, um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see how they place. Cause I mean, if you're, if you're them, they should have beaten St. Mary's Mahaney hits a fadeaway three yeah. from eight, or fadeaway 18 foot jumper, like literally. And then, you know, uh, Julian Strother hits a, a three after we made three threes in the last minute and a half so if you're them you're sitting there going man we probably would be an ncaa tournament team on you know lenardi's line if we win those two games so i think they probably still feel like they have a lot to play for um so it's going to be interesting obviously san francisco first but that byu game is going to be massive and then if we can take care of business byu plays st mary's at their place that'll be a massive game in probably two weeks so last question, Mo, before I let you go, um, and I should have asked this in our previous episode this week, uh, during the Santa Clara broadcast, uh, I had a list of players that were my all-time starting five for players who played under Mark Few. Uh, the producer asked me that morning. I sent him off a quick text with five guys and a couple bench guys. And somehow, and I apologize to you uh, after the game, and I'm apologizing to you now. I don't know what, oh, how I forgot to include Adam Morse into that list. So here's a public apology to you That's both. Somehow, somehow I screwed that one up. But I think it it, it goes to show, um, and I think it goes to show just how many good players have come through uh, this program because you know had three guys that have literally played in the last four years in this program and drew Timmy, Chet Holmgren, uh, and DeMontis Sabonis. Well, I guess six years with DeMontis, um, or Corey Kispert as well was in that mix. And then the only guy that I went way back for was a guy that I played with was Blake step. So, uh, I throw this apology out with, with a lot of sincerity. Um, you are on that top five list, but it it's all right, man. No problem. Like I said in the text, because I didn't know about it. Obviously, I'm on the radio and people yeah. are texting me and I'm like, as long as the camera was on me, and it wasn't picking my nose. I don't care if you don't have me on your list or not. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. appreciate it. But like, 
because the camera comes on and you don't and sometimes people are like you're never smiling i'm like i'm not on tv i don't yeah. know when the camera's looking at me you know what i mean so like give me a break um so yeah that's all i cared about and so i appreciate the apology it's no no sweat off my back <laughs> honestly like good story to tell i can make fun of you now from here on yeah. out so um i guess i got one over you um but yeah it, it didn't bother me. Like I said, I wasn't picking my nose no. or anything like that on national television when the camera put on me. So I won. Well, yeah, you did what And I will say this, pretty much every game that is broadcast on the TV side, and you know this, I'm sure, they pan over to Adam Morrison, current Gonzaga radio yeah. broadcaster. So um, so next time you need that pick and roll, you know, you got to make sure you're hiding it well and it doesn't get covered on, on national TV. But Well, I, I do it for that reason, not do it for that reason. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm probably going to make it on television somehow, just how it is. And our proximity to Coach Few, we're always right behind him so yeah there's always pans pans to coach few to every coach so i'm like well you know anyway uh yeah i didn't mind i thought it was funny to be frank like and yeah. um i actually saw the saint mary's coaching staff after the game and they're like how the hell did dan not have you because they watched the tape and i was yeah. like I don't know, man they were laughing about it too so anyway yeah well, but again, I think it goes to show just how many good players have come through here, especially in recent years. But no, right. uh, you are at the top of the list, obviously. Um, you, you're a good friend uh, of mine. And uh, again, apology, thankfully accepted. So, Mo, I appreciate the time. No worries. All right. Well, we'll be back next week recapping USF, BYU, and hopefully talking about what Gonzaga needs to do to keep pace with St. Mary's.